we know that if you feel terrible, right, because you're working so many hours, you're not sleeping, you're eating bad food, how good of service could we provide if we're not on our A game? You can't, we can't afford, it's more expensive to go in there off your A game than it is to take that whatever, one hour or two hours. Exactly, yeah. that you would need for self-care, whether that be workout, whether that be recovery, whether that be treatment. Sleeping well. Sleeping, yeah. imp- improving your sleeping, you know, um, prepping your food, whatever that may be for you. You're going to get more back from that hour investment in yourself than you would from trying to get that extra hour or whatever it may be. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education geared to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Welcome today's episode of Leader in Sport. I'm Jordan Boxer. I'll be your host. And today we are met with one of our sport advisory board members, John, John or Jonathan. What's your formal name? John. John. <laughs> Not Jonathan. No. John Michael. John. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, Jonathan McDowell. In my phone, do you know what you're saved as? John. John Jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I have you as John Jacked in my phone. John's the one guy that can make you always feel out of shape. So it's fun to be around him. Um, so you're on our board, but you own your own gym facility called Vibe Fitness. Yes, sir. Call on um, that. We've been open for, I guess it's going right at eight years now, almost. Coming up on eight years. When did we do that event? 2019. That's four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That's a crazy. whole Olympics. Um, yeah, so you have a very unique model that's fascinated me because I I physically have done it. And I never want to do it again. It was so hard. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, where you're able to really get high-end results with... Would you have up to nine or ten people in a group, if not more? I'd say the average would be, I would say the average would be five for me. Um, our coaches, I like to keep it around uh, two to four. Two to four people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I think I've done some groups where it was like, right. it was probably a Saturday we had like ten people. Yeah, and... so some of the metabolic ones, definitely more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's And what's interesting is like it's group training, but your clientele, I remember specifically like um, – you were doing tricep extension mm-hmm. and then somebody failed and went right into, what is it called? You like fail, you go into the bench to get it up and then. Yeah. A, just a accentuated eccentric. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, they knew to switch into that. Like you have a very educated base of clients. Um, so how did you go from this like traditional model of one-on-one training to come up with this system that you've built? So the biggest thing is I started off like, you know, everybody, I mean, so for, for one, I ran track until, um, I was almost 29 years old, and everything you do at the Olympic level, you're essentially in a group, right? So um, I trained with the former U.S. American record holder in 110-meter hurdles, and even at that time, at that high of a level, um, he ended up medaling a uh, bronze medal at the 08 Olympics. Um, we had five hurdlers in that group. And then, you know, fast forward years later, when I go into personal training, it's all one-on-one. And I I remember just thinking at one point, it was like, who needed more individualized attention? <laughs> the guy that's trying to shave our .01, because if he, if he would have loaded some .01 of a second, that would have broke the world record at the time. Or is it like a person who's, you know, rel- healthy, no injuries, no past issues, and they're just, just training, trying to just lose training. five yeah. pounds, you know? And so, it, and there's benefits to one-on-one, but there's also benefits, as we all know, to training with a partner, training with a friend, training, having a account- someone for accountability. 
And so it was always kind of in the in the back of my mind, just because my entire life, that's essentially how we trained was in a group style setting, was to how can we get one-on-one level results with the group energy? And so um, in about 2014, I want to say, I went to some of those, uh, you know, as most trainers when you're starting out and you're doing your continuing education, I went to the Perform Better National Summits. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a facility there, and they kind of taught this model of uh, – they just called it, I can't remember what they call it, small group training or something. And essentially it was a similar model to what we do. And it was the first time that I that I had ever saw that. And so um I ended up doing uh two years working with them just as a just a hire did a business consultant. And I would go out there six times a year and um just kind of shadow and learn from them. But the per square foot, they were one of the highest profitable gyms in the United States at the time. Do you know what they were making per square foot? Uh they were only three thousand square foot and um I can't remember what it was, but whatever it was, it was uh it was good for that square footage for sure. And so uh in their model, it was a little different though, 'cause like you like you just said, like we basically do personal training, but you're in a group. Mm-hmm. And their model, it was like Okay, you walk in, you got a piece of paper with a program on it, and then you went through the program, and then well, like one coach would kind of walk through and maybe clean up your form, but you're kind of working out on your own. And so as we all know, like we need that accountability. We need that structure. We need that constant eye on us. And so there were just a couple of different things that I wanted to try to integrate in. And so just over the years, we we piloted that semi-private training program that we do, and then we just continue to refine it as we got more education. What I found fascinating with yours um – and I guess trainers who are listening will understand this. Like you, you were able to get all five, you called all of our weights. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was coming in and I was going through the process generally in group training. It's like, you're responsible for your own weight, figure it out. Mm-hmm. But with you, you're like, no, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're going to grab that weight. You're doing that weight. And you were able to stay on top of, I think at one time there must've been eight people. For sure. It could have been. Easily. Yeah. So how did you develop? That's always something that fascinated me with you. You were able to tell off me pumping the bar right away like i know a lot of strength coaches can do it but how did you develop that eye that as you know they would call that just kind of the coaching eye and the only way you're going to get that is counting reps as a uh, coach poliquin we used to say i mean you have to spend tedious amount of hours just counting reps and understanding tempo and understanding inertia and momentum and you know significant time under tension and um that's why it's always critical, you know, to have that baseline of, yeah, you, you like we didn't start off with training multiple people. Like we started off working seven days a week, doing one to one training, mm-hmm. eight hours a day. And then at a point it was like, well, how can you be more successful? You're going to work nine hours a day. Where are you going to work 10 hours a day? And you're already working. Because you know, you're trading. Yeah. You 60 can't. hours a week. I mean, you're trying to work out yourself. So, you know, and at the end of the day, we all want to we got into training to help people. Right. So what's the most effective way that I can have, you know, that we can have a we can help more people achieve their goals safely. And so um, that's kind of how we got to that semi-private model. And, you know, a lot of the coaching cues is like you have to be able to get results one on one before you do it with yeah. four five, six for sure. And um, because you have to understand all those minutiae details to really be able to get people to stimulate challenge and change themselves so if you were like a new coach mm-hmm. um your advice would be not don't jump right into group training even though it's maybe right. the highest profitability right. like really get good with one-on-one understanding people getting that coach's eye and then you can take those skill set and bring it to like four or five different people at the same time 
Yeah, hundred. I mean, again, like for most of our coaches, we they start off training one to, one to two people tops. Okay, then they can train up to three. Then they can work up to four. And generally, like four is going to be that sweet spot because unless you have years and years of years of coaching under your belt, you know, just like you said, I mean, things can uh, fall through the cracks per se. And if you fall through the cracks, you don't get results. I don't care how good of a time or how good of a person or how nice you are. You're not gonna no, be able to renew, and so yes, I definitely like to start. Um, like our most of our coaches, it's almost a three month onboarding process, just for reference. And I mean, at the most, they kind of do is like onboarding sessions, and that's where they actually learn these progressions and regressions based on their fitness level, right? So that so way, they have they, to go through it themselves. A hundred percent, they do that that in a breakout session, a one on one session. Then they'll from there they'll go into uh, the semi private model, and they can come at the time that works for them, and they're able to uh, stay on their program. Yeah, it's um, you know being in the model again. Like the most irritating thing I've ever felt about group training, it's like why am I not just at an F forty five? Which no offense to F forty five, but I wouldn't right. go. But it's like with yours, I was like, wait, I'm getting the same type of style of training I mm-hmm. would get with the same eye, you're watching my cues. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, you're not counting every rep with me, but I don't ever feel like you're too far away. You'll right. correct me. So it really is your level of detail is mm-hmm. so spot on, even with four or five people. Yes. That's, that's definitely the key to having real success and having long-term sustainable success, you know, year after year after year. I, and I, we don't need to get into particulars, but I think like, Having the evolution, because a lot of people listening probably have that one-on-one model. Mm-hmm. What has this meant for your business's bottom line, transforming it into, you don't have to give direct numbers, right. but like how much more effective is it having four uh, people? Yeah, I mean, it's the, I mean, this effectiveness is, you know, just, you know, we have four trainers, say, four, you know, say we have four trainers, including me, maybe five. And at any one hour, we can be doing over... 35 to 40 personal training sessions in that hour with that many people, trainers, you know, so it's almost you know, six times as effective. Yeah. It can be yeah. very, very effective. And, um, you know, it's, uh, that we're able to really help them get results. And the reality is, it's just after your graduate high school, it, what else could you do like that? No, I, you, like you literally can get an individualized program. You will get results. You will change. It's personalized to you. You can work out with your best friend, husband, yes, wife, yes. you know, and still get that group energy. Whereas, you know, it's like outside of like a large group classes, there's really nothing else. Yeah. That's one thing else I noticed with your uh, spot is this like cult, not a cult, but like this group that loves training together. They're in every day at the mm. same time. It's like teammates. They don't want to drop off. Like they're right. into this. It's like mm. harder to leave because it's like you're leaving your social circle. It's almost yeah. like the, what CrossFit does, but in, instead it's like personalized, individualized training. 100%. And I mean, that's a big part as we know about anything. Like success leads to more successes. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to find people that are like-minded, right? And so, you know, generally most people are going to be on the same page if they're seeking that type of training in that type of environment, right? They're going to be a type A type of person. You know, they want to, they're going to be, you know, you're, you're the sum of the person, people you're around the most, right? So if you if your best friend goes out, has drinks every night, eats fast food, and five other friends are doing the same, right? You're kind of all bought out. So it's it's nice to be around people who are trying to improve themselves, mm-hmm. trying to push the limits on what they're able to do, and just want to want long term sustainability. Um, you know, that's actually a point I wanted to bring up with you. Is this like you? I've never seen you falter. <laughs> 
off your own personal shape, like your own personal health, like your mindset. Like out of anyone I've really met, you're extremely dedicated. You work out, you eat healthy, you live and breathe the brand you're trying to sell. Um, as a professional and in life, like how much has that helped your business grow? You grow as a person. Cause we all know that coach who's like the cobbler without shoes, mm-hmm. who just, he's too lost in the day to day, the hour to hour. He can't take time to himself. Like, where is that on your priority list of like keeping in shape? Is it priority number one? And I, yeah. And, it, and honestly it has to be because at the end of the day, I mean, it's just, as Coach Poliquin would always say, the audio, what you say, needs a massive video. <laughs> Luckily, we have no video from you here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the it's, it's a kind of funny joke, but at the end, we have to be able to practice what we preach. And that's an integral part, like, especially when you look at long-term periodization and being able to continually provide results, you know, year over year over year. And so as trainers and coaches, we we have to keep learning. We have to keep understanding nutrition. We have to do, continue doing continuing education so that we can prove our skill sets. That way, as clients get fitter, we have another tool to allow them to continue to adapt. Yeah, and so you run your business. You're super successful there. You get results. You're you know well into your career. You still, you personally, I've seen still go out and invest in education. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's the you never can stop learning, and I think that's one of the limiting. That could be the, one of the limiting factors for continued success. Cause, and I mean, there's a good quote. I think it's, it maybe was Einstein. He said, once you say, think you know it, that's when you stop learning. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, you, we have to continually challenge what we do, even as coaches and trainers, even if what we do works. Could we do it safer? Could we do it faster? Could we do it more effectively? And so we got to keep challenging ourselves and not staying stagnant allowing ourselves to get in, you know, kind of a rhythm, right? Even if that rhythm's working, we, we need to make sure that we're constantly staying at the uh, edge of what the forefront is for this fitness field, as we know this, fast evolving. Yeah, and, um, you know, you've how long have you been training, coaching people? Uh, so coaching, 16 years, and then tr- personal training. I started personal training nine-ish years. How much have you seen the industry change even in that period? Oh, it's night and day, night and day, 100%, especially with what we know from the kind of micronutrient supplementation side, nutrition. The nutrition before was just the wild, wild west when they started. <laughs> and so um, that's why, yeah, at DFS, we're trying to hopefully change that a bit. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, a lot of good information out there now. And it's, um, it's they've taken so much of the many different camps and fractions and they just put it into, um, simplistic way that we can take and understand, you know, essentially eat a whole 30 based diet, right? Whole foods based diet, elimination, take out common food allergens, food intolerances. Yeah. You know, slowly reintroduce those things and see how your body's responding, you know, being it's the basics, just the basics and basics work for 95% of people. Yeah. I think, um, that's what I, I like a lot of trainers feel like they need the most magical, new age, like new, mm-hmm. cool, crazy looking, like, but to you, like getting really good at the basics, is there anything better? I'd say no. Uh, the basics are unbeaten. And you know, again, that's another good quote from Coach Poliquin. And, um, it's a reason why is if you can truly coach the fundamental movement patterns, if you can truly understand significant time under tension, you know, um, understanding tempo loads, rep selection, um, 
you can have a tremendous effect and impact on someone. So mm-hmm. you have to understand those basic things before you go grasping for more. You know, like if, if you don't, you, the person's not changing body composition, you never had a, a new, talk about what they're eating, you know. You don't need to go to a new special program. Right. Right? You probably need, yeah, to yeah. probably need to get a good <laughs> grasp of what's going, what they're intaking. So, um, so to take us back a bit, because I, again, I think this is important because I see so many coaches like, you know, yes, we sell supplements at DFS, but we really try to view ourselves as like a partner mm-hmm. with you guys in what you do. And I think if there's one thing I would love for coaches, not all of them, but a decent amount of them is like they don't put up the proper boundary to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to somebody in protecting that investment of like training in yourself, mm-hmm. eating right? Like this is a real thing. Let's say, you know, you're trying to pay your mortgage and somebody comes in and you're getting more and more hours. Like how do you confidently say no to that person so you take care of yourself? You know, um, that's, I mean, going at almost 10, uh, 10 plus years, 10 years, nine to 10 years now, I've worked on average 363 days a year. Now, the only time I'm not working in the gym is if I go to class. I know and those are your that, vacations. That's yeah. my, I'm using, you know, quotation marks but that's my vacation but you know that's the only time I'm not working right because again this takes 10,000 hours right of watching people move understanding human movement to be able to be good at that now at the end of the day we know that if you feel terrible right because you're working so many hours you're not sleeping you're eating bad food how good of service could we provide if we're not on our A game you can't we can't afford it's more expensive to go in there off your A game than it is to take that whatever, one hour or two hours. Exactly, yeah. that you would need for self-care, whether that be workout, whether that be recovery, whether that be treatment. Sleeping well. Sleeping, yeah. imp- improving your sleeping, you know, um, prepping your food, whatever that may be for you. You're going to get more back from that hour investment in yourself than you would from trying to get that extra hour or whatever it may be. And you sort of touched on what Charles used to say, like the audio and, and uh, visual have to match. Mm-hmm. So... Trying to get a trainer to look at the long term, to me, it's like, yeah, you might lose out on those short term dollars, right. but over time, you're going to get more and more respect. You're living and breathing what you're saying. You're being authentic. Mm-hmm. And with that, you'll get, there's a certain, I don't even know how to say it. It's like when you're training with some, what I've noticed is when I get trained by people who live and breathe it versus somebody who might have all the knowledge in the world, but doesn't apply it to themselves there's more effort I'll put into the person who does it themselves. Mm-hmm. There's like almost a battle in me. It's like, yeah, sure, you know all this stuff, but look at you, you're not. And I don't want to sound rude, yeah, but I it's mean, like, like you, would, you wouldn't go to a dentist with teeth that look like a piano. <laughs> you know, so it's, it has to match up, you know, on some level, right? And it doesn't, and the thing is, like you just said, you hit the nail on the head. You said long-term, like for, because my schedule is segmented, I got morning, I got afternoon, I got my workout time in the middle, and I don't break from that. Could I do one or two more hours each day? Absolutely. But I know that I can do the schedule I have set 363 days a year, every single year. And that, what wins over time, we all know that time com, time compounded is what's going to be the most, allow you to have the most level of success. When you're planning both your clients' training programs and your mm-hmm. business, do you break it into like, here's my one month plan, here's my five month plan, here's my five year plan? Like how much planning and effort do you put into these systems? So, you know, we 
we plan out annually, but you always write in pencil, you know, always write in pencil. And so with the big for, thing for that helps you are listening and never had to write anything. It's because <laughs> you can erase pencil. <laughs> the 20 year olds who might just been typing their whole life. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, and, you know, going to taking all the kilo courses tre- definitely helped out tremendously with our long term programming. Right. I mean, we we're able to really write out those programs for over a year mm-hmm. um, and we we're able to undulate those and uh, put in special methods throughout the year. And we know that, hey, when we're going to do our special methods. We're going to do them in January. We're going to do them right before summer. We're going to do one in the uh, fall, you know, right before everybody hits for Thanksgiving in the America. So. Um, we're able to put our special method blocks in there. We do our undulating periodization throughout the year, and we got a program ready to rock and roll that's going to allow everybody to progress. And these systems you've set up, like how many people are you writing programs for? So say we have a – so this is where, at the at the end of the day, what's going to drive change? What is it? Mm-hmm. Constant, consistent effort? Constant, consistent effort yeah. with quality, intensity, yeah. right? So you can take a poorly – written program done with high intensity and get what phenomenal results <laughs> yeah you yeah. can take a world-class program done poorly no poor results. and get no results or so, injure yourself or, yeah yeah and so we work around those prime eight fundamental movement patterns like we press we pull overhead press dip flat bench incline press squat front squat deadlift so those Eight motor patterns, again, this is, uh, they don't teach that course anymore, but it really helped us kind of conceptualize and kind of condense what how we structured our training was a prime eight course at Kilo Strength Society taught. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was a really kind of kind of puzzle piece for us, for me, especially um, with when we talk about programming for so many people. So we'll have our fundamental movement patterns and we'll say, hey, okay, today's up, w- w- this is our five workouts for the week or six workouts for the week that we have programmed. And then say the person's on a four-day-a-week training program, they're going to do upper one, lower one, upper two, lower two, right? And so they're going to work through those same motor patterns, and then we undulate, and then each week, each program roughly lasts four weeks. Yeah, and you're highlighting. So we had Ron and Insert on this podcast before, mm-hmm. and we were trying to get into the difference between, like, a strength coach and a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And, like— Personal trainer almost has a negative connotation in the strength mm. coaching world, but it doesn't need to. Like, right. When he talks about like an athlete, he's like, I can't, he's like, when I have somebody coming in competing in the world stage, mm. I have to look at how they walk into the room that day and I might have to switch everything they're doing. 100%. But when you're dealing with like gen pop who are just trying to get fit and healthy, mm-hmm. these systems you've set up have allowed you to scale this mm-hmm. like business where you can have, you're not, like if you're trying to be super particular with 80 people, it, there's no way you can right. do it. But if you're doing the system that you're doing, it's like a way to set it up. And then you can have 80 clients all get results. Mm-hmm. Benefit. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you, again, is you have to do if you can't squat well, what do you need a special squat program for? <laughs> you know, it's a, <laughs> The squat holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, it's mastering those basic movements. And what happens is, as we know, if my diet is good and I'm making consistent progress with progressive overload on those fundamental movement patterns if you go from two chin-ups to six chin-ups you will lost body fat and gain muscle right my body comp has changed and so same thing you know if we can go from 80 pounds to 125 pounds on barbell back squat they're gonna have a different body composition especially if they're you know following some type of whole 30 based diet and uh optimize you, love that, whole, you love that whole 30 diet yeah because it's it basically is gonna address you know 95 percent of people right why do you think all these trainers feel the need to 
like they're all looking for this like oh two week this holiday two week that holiday like squat holiday strength and mass holiday this complicated program like cold cough squats all these mm -hmm. things like why do you think they run away from the basics so often to try to do these complicated programs uh i think i think the I mean, that's that could kind of be a scenario where you try to go to wide versus trying to go deep. Yeah. And deep would just be mastering that basic fundamental movement pattern. So, like, say, you know, those things 100% have their place and purpose, especially as a higher level you go, right? So the higher level your fitness is, the higher your skill is, we, we know we need new stimuli that's going to allow us to continue to adapt and change. But, um, again, if, if, you're, if it's just more of a they're working out two, three times a week, yeah, the base is going to get it done for you. You don't need to go necessarily wide in reaching for different programs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one thing we should probably clear up are what are the fundamental movement patterns? Yeah, so, um, I for mean, people we, who might not know. 100%, we work around barbell overhead press, barbell incline, uh, flat bench, dip, chin up, Back squat, barbell back squat, barbell front squat, deadlift. And again, those are just those prime eight motor patterns. And again, that was a that really helped us was getting the structural balance charts and kind of working with Kilo Strength Society on really getting an annualized program put together around those motions. Yeah, I've never taken that course. Um, yeah, they actually don't. Well, I don't think it's on the curriculum anymore, but I, that one was the, the, the game changer for us. And like during COVID, we actually um, had 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 we were fortunate enough to have those guys come out and they did some in-house education on the, on that too, even though they didn't teach that course. So why do you think they stopped teaching it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I never asked them. I'll ask yeah. them next time I go. When were we in Miami? This year has gone by like this. Eh? Yeah. Cause we, Oh no, you weren't there when I was there. You, I went the week after. Yeah. You Carlton was there. Yeah. 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 Yep. And Melissa. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so we have you coming up to our summit. I don't know when this episode's going to get released, actually. So it's either coming up or we just passed it. We'll see when we release this episode. Probably okay. probably you've taught at the summit. Um, so we're really excited to have you there. Uh, you're going to guide us through some, um, I guess, the functional warm-ups. That should be fun. Yeah, we'll do some dynamic warm-ups and kind of live in, live in assessment. Like We use that dynamic warm-up for a gym pop and athletes. It can be low impact or it can be high impact. And um, we use it as a movement screen as well, just like, you kind of said earlier what Ron said when the athlete walks in, like it, having a consistent dynamic warm-up is going to allow us to create a movement screen and literacy for the athlete or the client. And we see, okay, they're moving differently on these patterns. What's going on? Oh, I twisted this or this is just feeling mm -hmm. tight. And so we're able to kind of screen them before they even get going. Yeah, it's funny how hard that warm-up was. And I thought <laughs> I was in decent shape. Like I was doing Muay Thai at the mm -hmm. time. I think I was still doing a bit of jits. I was strength training, but it was like, I wanted to puke. How many people have puked doing that one? <laughs> oh, if you do the full shebang like we did in 2019, yeah, you're going to cut close to the line. <laughs> do you ever have buckets just laying out by the by the yeah, uh, turf for yeah, you guys? Hopefully it's warm. We can go outside. <laughs> oh, what? Um, April 20. And, mm, right now it's snowing in that area, wow, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, but yeah, then they can just puke outside. When we did it in Belgium, that was also really cool. Uh, Belgium was awesome. Yeah, that was great weather. I think it was in like high 70s when we were there. Yeah, it was, and it was like, there was like Sunny. a castle yep. looking thing in the background. That was awesome. <clears throat> Too bad we never went back. Did you have the fries when we were there? Were you dedicating? No, you didn't have any bread either. No, I think I did, because you know, you can have gluten over there and it doesn't, it just, it's just completely different than the US. Yeah, if there's something in the bread here, I don't know. 
I don't know what it is. It's here in Canada. The bread messes me up. Traveling, I find it doesn't do the yeah, same. Yeah, I had no issue. I think I had the pasta and the something else, and it was yeah, I had no issues. You don't want to work like 360 days a year and just spend three days in Italy and have all the carbs? <laughs> but yeah, maybe in the summer when it's warm. <laughs> Um, so I know this is a little short of an episode, but you got to wrap up and get to, uh, the gym. So I want to make sure that we keep you there. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're definitely going to have you on more often. I think we're going to have some master classes this year. Nice. If anyone wants to find you, where can they find you? Um, we got, uh, our business page is at train Viv. V-I-V-E. V, yep. Train V-I-V-E. Perfect. So before we totally wrap up, I always like to figure out like, what are the three or four takeaways we can have? So I think one is like, this to me is the most important. Taking care of yourself as the coach, living the lifestyle you need to live, train, eat well, be the example for your clients. 100%. Um, setting up systems that allow you to do that and allow you to thrive. And mm -hmm. as you said, I can push 363 days. Mm -hmm. Getting extremely good at your craft so you can evolve in a way like you did. Like I did a bunch of one-on-one -on -one and then it allowed me to do mm -hmm. the group training. Yeah, we, it, I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, yeah, over... Well over three years, 363 days a year doing one-on-one. So That's a lot of time. Um, anything I'm missing before we wrap up? No, that you hit everything. Okay, good. So Train Vibe. Train Vibe, Instagram. Okay. It's it's funny this is going to be the quickest episode because you're probably the fastest sprinter we're going to have on, so <laughs> it's fitting. But uh, thank you guys very much, and we look forward to seeing you in other episodes. All right. Hey, Thanks. Ciao. Thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you.